Hi everyone, Dr. B here. Thanks for joining me again on my new podcast. When does it not become new? This is probably about our 15th episode. I'll let you guys decide. But today's question is a very good one. And again, this podcast is about asking questions about oral health. And oral health has become quite a wide big topic. It's not just about cavities and gum disease anymore. It's about many things. It's about sleep. It's about systemic health. It's about how poor oral health can affect us, especially in our later years. It's involved in many, if not most, of our chronic diseases that make the end of our lives or the latter part of our lives very difficult. So this question is about fluoride. And so how does fluoride I mean, obviously, everyone gets the dental connection. Dentists have been recommending fluoride in the water for our children to ingest it to prevent decay. And this is a great oral health question. It's a very controversial topic. And as you're hearing this, you will be able to download or listen to a Broken Brain podcast with my friend Drew Pro. If you're not familiar with that podcast, it's one of my favorite podcasts and one of my favorite interviewers. He's amazing. Drew is kind of the Terry Gross, fresh air NPR, the Terry Gross of healthcare. He asks some very good questions that sometimes will make his guests think twice or say something very profound. So at the time that you're hearing this, you'll be able to download this episode on Drew's podcast about fluoride and all everything I, I know and think about fluoride. And as many of you know, I am against the ingestion of fluoride. I raised my three daughters drinking water without fluoride in it. So the reason I'm bringing all this up is because David pretty much hits the nail on the head And he asks a question about fluoride. Here it is. So I'm convinced now, thanks to everything you've said about fluoride, that it's bad. My question is, what are the best ways to avoid it? I'm looking to avoid it for myself, but also my family and my pregnant partner. And I know water is one that you've mentioned. We use reverse osmosis. Is that a good way to remove fluoride from our city water? Or is there something else we should be doing? I've also heard that there can be fluoride in organic produce and bottled water. So I would just love to hear from you. What are the kind of to-do list items or best ways that me and my family can avoid fluoride? Thanks so much. David, thanks for asking that question. It's a very important one. You really want to protect the developing brains in your family. That would be your, your child. I don't know how old your child is. But anyone under, I'm going to say age 27, the brain takes that long to develop, but also the fetus with your pregnant partner, you definitely want to protect that brain because fluoride will lower the IQ by six to 10 points of a developing brain. And that's all I'm going to say about that. There's plenty of research out there that supports that statement that I just made. And the best sources for that, I'll put it in the show notes, Fluoride Action Network. And by the time you hear me speaking right now, answering your question, the Broken Brain podcast or the Drew Perot podcast on brain health and neurotoxicity of fluoride will be available. So I'll also put that in the show notes. So, but anyway, to answer your question, because it's very important, the biggest source of fluoride for your whole family will be your drinking water. And there are many reasons you'd want to filter your water, but fluoride is definitely high on the list. And the good news is that it's easy to remove fluoride from water. We shouldn't have to do it, but it's doable and it's affordable. You have a reverse osmosis system, which works great. A lot of people don't like reverse osmosis because it's expensive and it wastes a lot of water for the water that it does filter, but it works. And it's a great way to filter water. Uh, It's very convenient. 
You can distill your water. That's also expensive. Some people don't like that because it takes out the minerals, but it does remove fluoride. So the best fix probably is because it's affordable. For example, if you were to go to our website, I have a little section there. Again, I'll provide a link for it of some of my favorite products. And one of them is this product called Zero Water. It's a little pitcher with a filter system. And I have it. I travel with it sometimes because... You know, you never know where you are and whether you can get bottled water or not. And bottled water potentially has fluoride in it. I'm going to get back to that. But anyway, so this for under $40 will give you the security of knowing that the fluoride is being removed from your water. It takes a little time. It's a gravity kind of fed system, but it works and it protects your children. And that's important. And thank goodness it's affordable. So that's probably your best bet. Now, of course, Anywhere where there's water, whether you're cleaning your produce or you're drinking bottled water, any beverage, for example, let's say you're drinking some bottled iced tea, does that have fluoride in it? Yes, certainly tea has some natural fluoride in it, especially green tea. But any beverage that you're drinking that is based on water potentially has fluoride in it. So again, the best beverage and the safest beverage for you is something that is being filtered at home. So I would bring your own water with you. Never rely on bottled water. Get some stainless steel or glass containers and bring the water with you if you're going out. That's the the safest thing you can do. Tea has been known to have a lot of fluoride in it. There are a lot of other products out there that have fluoride in it, a lot of medications. And I'm not really worried about the amount of fluoride in that category because it's so little. It's really your water that you have to worry about, your drinking water. And not all water supplies in the US are fluoridated, but the majority are. It just so happens that uh, the Americans drink more fluoridated water than every other country combined in this world. 97% of Europe has rejected fluoride. Fluoride is not common in other countries. It's very common here in the US. That should make you think twice about drinking fluoride. So water filtration, here's another source of fluoride that I worry about. So the next category that you should worry about are oral hygiene products. Now, that sounds very ironic, doesn't it? Well, toothpaste and mouthwash, all these things are loaded with fluoride. And again, children are the most susceptible in terms of neurotoxicity, but they're also the ones that are most likely to swallow these products. So make sure your children are not swallowing toothpaste that's been fluoridated or mouthwash that's been fluoridated. In fact, if I were you, I would not use toothpaste or any kind of mouthwash that has fluoride in it. It's just not necessary. And soon we'll have products that have hydroxyapatite in it, which is much safer, even if swallowed. And it turns out that that product, when added to toothpaste and mouthwash, is much more effective at preventing decay. And then the third category, another ironic one, is the fluoride treatment you get when you see your dentist. And unless you're seeing a functionally minded dentist, your child will be exposed to these little foam trays that get inserted in their mouth. It stays in for two to three to four to five minutes, however long they can tolerate it. And it's a very strong, it's a foamy kind of substance or carrier that has a prescription strength concentration of fluoride in it. And it's a topical application of fluoride, which works. It does reverse small cavities and it can prevent decay. But if your child's swallowing it twice a year when they go see the dentist, that is a real issue. So those three things are your biggest contributors. So when you're at the dentist, Ask them not to do the fluoride treatment. Hopefully, you're using a hydroxyapatite-based toothpaste, and your child is eating well and not mouth-breathing, and they're not going to be prone to decay. So you won't have to have that 
fluoridated gel or fluoride treatment applied at the end of each cleaning appointment. And if your dentist pushes back on that, it's I would say that it's time to find a new dentist and find someone who's functionally minded that can have a well-balanced discussion with you on the pros and cons of topical fluoride, especially with a child. And how do you know your child's really not swallowing that fluoride? That's ultimately the question you have to ask. So I hope that answers your question. Those are the three main sources of fluoride that you want to be wary of and you want to avoid. And the good news, as I said before, that is doable. I mean, try and get rid of glyphosate in your life. Try and get rid of Teflon in your diet. There's so many toxins out there like air pollution. The good news is that fluoride, you can do something about it. So I hope that gives you lots of information and makes you feel better. So David, again, thanks for asking that question. I think that's going to help a lot of people, a lot of parents, parents parents-to-be, and hopefully we will get rid of fluoride in the water. There's a growing movement and we've got good science and data now. One of my dreams before I leave this planet, this life, I'm hoping that we don't have to have this conversation anymore, that we take this neurotoxin and we get rid of it and we don't really have to worry about filtering it. And this is the easy one. There's so many things in our life that are bad for us. And this one we can do something about. The other ones are a little tougher, as I mentioned before. Again, it's a lot easier to fix a tooth than it is a brain. I always end with that when I talk to my patients and and the parents really, it gets them to really consider to filter the fluoride out. And again, I raised three daughters. None of them had cavities. You don't need fluoride to have a cavity-free child. So I always get a little emotional and kind of excited at the same time about fluoride. And you'll hear me talk about fluoride in many venues, uh, upcoming podcasts. I have a lot more detail, if you want, on our website, askthedentist.com. I'll put that link in the show notes so you can go directly to it. So if there are any questions you have, and I really enjoy answering your questions. This is very fulfilling to me. Really, one of the first responsibilities of a doctor, and again, it's no surprise because the word doctor, the Latin root or verb, is to teach. That's what doctor means. And that should be our first intent is to teach. And by teaching, then we become better healers and we also get a better outcome for our patients. If you have a question, please go to speakpipe.com slash ask the dentist, ask your question. Uh, We review all of them. And we would just love to hear your voice and find out what question you have. Again, oral health is more than just cavities and bleeding gums. It's become quite a broad topic. And I'm glad to have been part of that education to patients, the layperson, but also to dentists. We are in the process of coming up with a functional curriculum for dentists. And we also do have a list of functional dentists, dentists that won't push back when you are going to ask them about fluoride and say, you know, I don't want my kid to have that fluoride treatment after their cleaning. So if you are looking for a functional minded dentist, go to our directory. Again, go to askthedentist.com slash directory. And there you can access a list of like-minded and trained functional dentists in our country. Actually, it's in the world now. And keep checking back if you don't have someone locally, because that list is growing every day. So anyway, I really appreciate you listening and asking your questions. It's meaningful for me to hear what questions you do have because it allows me to be a better provider. So again, thanks for listening and I look forward to seeing you here again next time.
Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search our Find a Dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.